How's it going? You're listening to another episode of the Flow Road Podcast, and I am your host, Edgar Otraves. Today on the show, my co-host will be El Lechuga, and we're going to be doing our post-fight show of UFC 279, Ferguson versus Diaz. Now, if you're new to the show and you like things like post-fight breakdowns, movie reviews, movie retrospectives, interviews, and more, you've come to the right place. Check out our website, theflowroadpodcast.com. There you'll find a complete catalog of all our episodes and a store where you can purchase some merchandise and support the podcast. Anyway, what an amazing fight card. It was chock full of drama. I hope you guys enjoyed that fight because I sure as did. And I'm $100 richer. So we try to make this one quick. So I hope you like it. Now on with the show. Welcome to another episode of the Floral Podcast. I am Edgar Otraves. And today my co-host is El Lechuga. And what's up, man? You got a cash raise now? Uh... I was going to do Let's Get Ready to Rumble. I think that might be taken. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think so. I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's still no catchphrase. <laughs> I saw you like you're about to shout something. And I'm like, oh, he's got a catchphrase. No. <laughs> so for you guys who want to send in the catchphrase suggestion to Lechuga, you can send that over <laughs> at the podcast at gmail.com. So hey, send your recommendations there. Hit us uh, up on SoundCloud too. Yeah, you could you could do those. We love those. Those are. Awesome. <laughs> um. So today's topic of conversation is UFC 279, Diaz versus Ferguson, which was originally Diaz versus Chimaev. And what a whirlwind! Want to start from the top? All right. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. So leading up to the fight, originally, like you said, it was Hamzat Chimaev versus Nate Diaz. And then um, Kevin Holland versus uh, Jesus Christ. I don't even remember anymore. I know, man. So much happened. I got it. I got it right here. All right. Was it Kevin Holland Rodriguez? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Kevin Holland versus uh, Daniel Rodriguez. And then Tony Ferguson versus G. uh, Liang. Lee G. Liang. The leech. Those are the three main fights on the card. And then the week of, a couple nights before, they do like the press conference, the pre fight press conference, and then do like the face offs or whatever. And Hamzat started a brawl backstage with Kevin Holland. Yeah. <laughs> they got a bit out of control. And apparently, Hamzat kicked Kevin Holland in the chest. Oh, really? He kicked him? Yeah. Like did like a push kick or something. That's how I've heard it be described. Mm -hmm. And of course, like, so Kevin Holland's crew and Hamzat's crew got into it or whatever. (laughs) Eventually they got everything all separated. It looked like things were going to calm down. And then that's when (laughs) Nate Diaz and the (laughs) Nick Diaz army showed up. (laughs) And you know how they hate to be left out of brawls. Oh no. If there's a brawl going on, you got to invite these guys. Yeah. So then that's when I guess it got really out of control. Uh, And Nate, you know, stuck himself into it. And they started throwing water bottles at Hamzat and his crew. One of them missed and hit like the vice president of the UFC or something in the head. Uh, (laughs) That's awesome. I didn't know that shit. Yeah, man. While this is happening. So, like, it's a press conference. So they got the tables and the podium and everything set up mm-hmm. outside of it. And, like, a couple of the fighters had already started to make their way out there. 
uh, namely uh, Li uh, Jingliang, the leech, who had bought uh, a tailor-made custom suit for this press conference. Yes, very nice. It was very nice. He was very excited to show it off. All he got to do was walk across the stage before he could even take a seat. Dana came out and said the press conference is canceled. Oh, I know. Press conference is canceled. He said backstage, a brawl occurred. And for the safety of everyone, apparently in the stadium, <laughs> they needed to cancel the press conference. He claimed it was the worst he had ever seen in the history <laughs> of the company. That's hilarious. Yeah, so, man. So but like, like, okay, go ahead. There's a couple of details that I wanted to highlight. Yes. So, uh, Kevin Holland and Chimaev were going at each other, right? And somebody jumps yes. in to break them up. And I forgot yes. the name of that person. Was his name T, T- something? Do you remember? Ooh, the guy that works for the UFC? No, the guy. The executive? Who, the, the guy who broke him up. I think that's the guy, the UFC guy. Oh, was he? So, yeah. So anyway, this cat, he jumps in. I thought he was like a trainer for somebody or something. So mm-hmm. uh, this dude jumps in the middle of all, of all of it. And I guess he's a friend or has somehow claimed allegiance to the Diaz crew. So when Diaz shows up and sees this guy talking to Hamza, trying to keep him calm, Diaz flips out on that guy and starts a fight with that guy and the rest of everybody else there. So Uh, uh, another detail I wanted to bring up was it it seems like, I guess when they had these press conferences and I wasn't, I didn't know this when they have these press conferences, they just throw a giant curtain in front of the cage Mm-hmm. And so the press conference happens basically right in front of the cage. So all this nonsense was happening behind the cage or behind the, the, the curtain in the yeah. cage area. And from my understanding, they had very minimal uh, <laughs> like security. It was which like, which is absurd, which is absurd. <laughs> There's like two or three guys and, you know, and, and they're just probably old dudes just hanging out, just collecting checks, you know, yeah. not realizing that there's, you know, crazy people walking around. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So it must have been bananas back there. You know, and, and that's probably why Dana was like, okay, we're pulling the plug on this. Now, conspiracy theorists out there are claiming that this was all orchestrated. You think so? I don't know. Personally, I don't know. Because at first the UFC did not put out any footage. There's camera, there's camera crews back there because they film all this for the daily uh, web series they put up leading up to these pay-per-views. What is it called? Embedded. Embedded. Yeah, UFC Embedded. Uh, So all this is caught on tape, but the UFC didn't put out any footage originally. Eventually, some footage did trickle out. It did not look as bad as it was advertised to be. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it was like Kevin Holland and, like, two dudes, and then Hamzat and, like, maybe another couple guys just shouting at each other. They got split up pretty quickly. When Nate Diaz showed up, then it did get a little out of control and water bottles were thrown. But like, we've seen Nate do this before. Like he did it with Ket, with Conor McGregor. <laughs> you yeah. remember that? Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, he threw the water bottle there in a press conference and all that good And stuff. fans were hit that time. I would say that was way worse. Yeah. Like, because Nate that time was at, in the back of the uh, theater they were doing this in and he was lobbing water bottles over the crowd hitting Conor McGregor, who was up on the stage or whatever. And then he started throwing water balls back and the fans were stuck in the middle of it. I'd say that was worse. I'd also say 
Conor McGregor throwing a dolly through the window of uh, a tour bus was much worse than this, too. So, you know, a bit exaggeration to say it's the worst that's ever happened in the history of the company. Well, at least and uh, you got to know that you're dealing with the Diaz brothers, right? Like Mm -hmm. you got to have just a little bit of extra security. Come on. Like the first time I ever saw those suckers on TV, it was on public television for that one uh, one fight that happened. And after this fight, the Diaz brothers jumped in into a fight and caused a ruckus on public television. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it's just like, do you guys not know who you guys are dealing with? Like you have this crazy person like you should just have extra security, just have extra security. But I mean, I guess that's why they felt that they could continue with fights, because if this gotten any worse, I'm sure the commission would have jumped in and and stopped Mm -hmm. the fights from happening. But then the weirdest thing happens, right? Yes. So I should add right before that happened, the day before, Hamzad also got into an altercation with Paulo Costa. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I don't know if you saw that. Of course. Yeah. So the UFC has like a training um, of the Performance Institute, it's Mm -hmm. called. It's they've got several octagons set up there and workout area for any fighter on the roster can show up and train whenever they want. Mm -hmm. So leading up to these pay-per-views, you'll see fighters that are even supposed to fight against each other training there like side by side. It happens often. Uh, (laughs) Paolo was in town training there. And then Hamzat showed up to train as well. And then uh, Hamzat started talking shit to Paulo Costa because Paulo Costa has taken to calling Hamzat uh, the Chechen Gourmet, <laughs> which is such a stupid nickname. But for some reason, Hamzat really hates it. Like, it off. It triggers him so much because <laughs> Hamzat wants to be known as a Chechen gangster. Uh, and the fact that Paulo Costum calls him a Chechen gourmet. (laughs) (laughs) Offends him. It offends him to no end. (laughs) But Hamzad has kind of gotten used to like uh, getting in people's faces or bullying people and they back down. Mm -hmm. Except Paulo Costa is bigger than him and he comes from the favelas of Brazil. So so he also, no, he has absolutely no problem at all getting in someone's face. <laughs> not only did he not get intimidated by Hamzat, he got right up to Hamzat and Hamzat's the one that backed out. Uh, that footage got leaked online. People were instantly making fun of Hamzat. Everyone on Twitter is now calling him the Chechen gourmet. Uh. <laughs> so Hamzat was leading into this press conference already very triggered. Yeah. Uh, then he runs into Kevin Holland, who is kind of like the stepchild of the Diaz brothers because he literally lives by the same code that the Diaz live by. He immediately started talking shit to Hamzat. So that kind of set everything off. So Hamzat was already on edge for several days here. (laughs) All right. So Friday morning, they're doing the Uh weigh-ins. Both Hamzat and Nate are supposed to fight at 170 pounds. Since it's not a championship fight, they come in at 171. Nate comes in at 171. Hamzat comes up to the scales, and he is at 178 and a half pounds. Jesus. Uh, yeah, that's absurd. Most of the time, the worst, the worst you'll see is someone's over by like three or four pounds. Yeah. Even eight that's pounds considered. Is, yeah. yeah. Eight pounds is really unprofessional. 
Yeah, of, of course. That's absurd. That's like you didn't even try to cut weight. Yeah. Yeah, it's complete disrespect to your opponent, disrespect to the organization, to the sport itself, to come in that overweight. Mm-hmm. Um, and interestingly enough, on uh, Thursday night, yeah, the weigh were Friday morning. Thursday night, a fan had run into Hamzat, this fan. She was in town to see the fights. She ran into him at a Las Vegas buffet. She claims he was stuffing himself that night. She even got a photo with Hamzat. I saw what you're talking about. Yeah. I yeah. Called Mini Khabib or something yes, like that. Yes. Her name is Mini Khabib. So she's a Hamzat fan. She's fan. She's a fan of the Dagestani Chechen type of, uh, you know, fight style. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she was excited to see him. And even in her little Twitter thing, when she posted the photo, she even said like, it's a little concerning that he was out eating this late. I hope he can still make weight tomorrow. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> a prophetic omen there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It comes in eight and a half pounds overweight. Nate Diaz fully within his right said, I am not going to fight a guy that comes in that overweight. Clearly he doesn't give a shit. He, Nate sees us as cheating. I yeah. think most people would. Yeah. So the fight is called off. Yeah. Uh, the UFC is now in scramble mode because it was already a very weak pay-per-view card as is mm-hmm. pretty much the only selling points of this card was Nate Diaz and Hamzat. Yeah. Uh, Tony Ferguson's name doesn't carry that much weight anymore. And the rest of the fighters on the card are like fight night kind of caliber fighters. Mm-hmm. Um, the UFC, the last thing they want is for a pay-per-view to be canceled, especially since tickets have already been sold. Yeah. They go into scramble mode. So <laughs> the fights they're trying to put together now is Nate Diaz versus Tony Ferguson, because Tony also weighed in at 170 pounds. You know, these two old school professionals, they come in, they do their work. They're both at 170. Hamzat, like we said, is at 178 and a half. On the card, Kevin Holland was supposed to fight Daniel Rodriguez. That fight was already on only two weeks notice, by the way. Oh, really? I did not know that. Yeah, that was already on two weeks notice. Jesus they, Christ. Yeah. Kevin Holland was doing the UFC a favor, just trying to make this card better. Oh, uh, the Tony Ferguson card was also on late notice. His fight against uh, the leech, mm-hmm. I think was like on three weeks notice. Might've been less actually. Jesus Christ, man. man. This card was cursed from the very get go. So Kevin Holland, Daniel Rodriguez were already going to fight at a catch weight at 180. Uh-huh. Um, so Kevin Holland is at Hamzat's weight already because he weighed in at 179 so they're trying to convince kevin holland to fight hamzat shemaev which is a tough ask because he had been training for those couple weeks to fight daniel rodriguez who is a striker he takes you down every now and then but he doesn't do much on the ground mm-hmm. he would much prefer to you know stand and bang with you mm-hmm. hamzat is the exact opposite he's world renowned for his wrestling at this point yeah and then finally they're trying to convince the leech to now fight Daniel Rodriguez, which is the biggest ask because that's the hero of the card right there, dude. Yes, he saved it because, uh, you know, uh, Li Jingliang, he weighed in at 171. Daniel Rodriguez weighed in at 180 pounds. He is the unspoken hero. He is the hero of this card. Also, like, give that guy some extra cash, give him some extra shine, something. Put the guy's picture in the suit on the website. Do something for yeah. them. Man. I Dude. mean, he showed up dressed to the nines and then nobody gets to see it. Then he gets this, you know, and then I think he got robbed, but we'll get there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But but like, come on, man, that guy got done wrong on this one. 
but the leech man great guy i don't know did you watch any of the embeds the embedded or whatever no but i know what kind of guy he is he's a pretty cool guy and he's one of those like stan and bang kind of characters time sometimes too and I, i i like the guy he there was a sweet moment in the embedded uh apparently the leech is he's also like a pretty talented cook he likes to cook for people yeah and there was a scene in the embedded where he was cooking up a lot of food and he said i'm cooking for eight people because there's eight people joining us and then when they showed him at the dinner table eating there's only five people at the table uh-huh. so that means he also prepared plates for the camera crew that was there oh shit. yeah isn't that nice what a yeah. nice guy stand up guy man and he wouldn't take offense if you called him the gourmet yeah, no, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> he's Chinese not as thin Yeah, he's not as thin-skinned as this Chimaev character. Dude, Chimaev, what a jackass. We we still need to get into the money he cost you, by the way. But we oh. won't just... So, so where are we at? Okay, so thin-skinned Hamza Chimaev. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then the leech. Yeah. Being uh, just a man amongst men here, deciding to step up. Fight a guy that's 10 pounds heavier than him, younger than him, and originally the leech was supposed to fight Tony Ferguson. Daniel Rodriguez and Tony Ferguson couldn't be more different from one another when it comes to their fight styles. The leech comes through, decides to take the fight. Yeah. Tony Ferguson and Nate Diaz agree to take the fight. All that people seem to be waiting for at this point in time was if Kevin Holland would agree to fight Hamza Chimaev, they ended up agreeing to that as well. Dana White claims that he did not pay anyone any extra money for this, that they're under contract, they have to take the fights. Nate Diaz came out and called that bullshit. Nice. He's like, uh, no, he paid us a ton of money to make sure this happened. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, Nate's on his last day of work, you know? He doesn't yeah. give a shit. Yeah, like, I don't give a fuck. This guy, this guy cheats. That guy doesn't do his taxes. That other guy over there. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you know, another funny Nate moment is the UFC signed a sponsorship, a shoe sponsorship with The Rock's gym shoes. Have you seen these shoes? No, I haven't. Bro, you know how The Rock has that like uh, that bull, that bull, that bull tattoo, the logo? Yeah. So it's literally like if you went and you bought like uh, just the cheapest trainers from Payless <laughs> and then put that bull logo on the side. Yeah. That's the shoes that all UFC fighters have to wear at all times when they're at a UFC event. Are you serious? Yeah, I swear to God. So they have to wear it during weigh-ins while they're walking to the uh, to the octagon, all that. They have to wear that. <laughs> and they have to pretend to like them. Only <laughs> fighter that was honest was Nate Diaz. Of course. Who, during one of the interviews, held up his foot, put the shoe up to camera, and he's like, have you seen these pieces of shit? These are the shit. He's like, these are the shittiest shoes I have ever worn in my life. Oh. And he started giggling. So. Well, I, I know he, he put his shoe on, on the table because he was talking about they got wet. Oh, oh no, this was not like a press conference. You know how Megan O'Leavy, the oh, like, yes. sideline report, yeah, she does like backstage interviews too. It was during one of those. <laughs> yeah. This guy's just cannonballing shit on the way out, just fucking just burning bridges. Although he not did, give a shit. Nah, nah. Well, he didn't really burn bridges. Like one thing that would happen is that McGregor DS3, you know, like they're not gonna close the door just yet because there's money to be made for everyone. Yeah. Just like any company in the world, if you make that company money, you can get away with whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So let's start with uh, Ferguson versus Diaz, man. What do you think about that fight? I mean, I thought it was amazing, but what do you, what were your, what were your inputs? <laughs> I think it was like 
the best like the most entertaining exhibition match I've ever watched. <laughs> no, I mean, really? That's how you feel? Dude, I think like Tony Ferguson is one of the few people that Nate Diaz seems to genuinely respect and like. Mm-hmm. And Tony Ferguson seems to feel, you know, likewise about Nate. I don't think that either one really wanted to hurt the other. Um, Personally, I don't know. You see, first off, like we all know, as gangster as Diaz appears to be, he is actually a really nice guy. Mm-hmm. I think as the fight continued on and he started piecing up Ferguson, he got to the point where he's like, oh, you know, there's, you know, I got this one. I don't need to do much here, you know? And so he just yeah. kept piecing him up. But I think there was mutual respect. I think Diaz came out to win. I think I don't oh, know yeah. it was easy on him. And, and, and as far as exhibition, I think Diaz showed up as a professional. He showed up classic Diaz. I think Ferguson was the one who showed maybe a little mileage on his, on his engine, I guess, only because he was doing a lot of weird things where he was like turning his back and, and mm-hmm. just, he just seemed a little off. And uh, one criticism that I heard, which I think is kind of honest and kind of correct is that maybe as athletic as he is, he's no longer as athletic. The cardio. Yeah, well, I mean, just his ability to kind of fire the speed, all that stuff, age, mm-hmm. the age on his skills started to show and there's no longer, he can no longer get away with some of those weird things that he does because he's a wacky fighter. He's very creative. But now that he may be lacking in the athleticism, he can't pull off all those things anymore. And some of those things are beginning to show like him turning his back and all that, you know. And plus, Diaz doesn't fall for some of that shit, you know? Yeah. But I, I loved it, man. Uh, he, you know, <laughs> I saw it in the beginning. He started to like kind of just do his Diaz thing, start throwing those punches. And then I think it was like in the beginning of round three, you realize, oh, look at his eyes. Look at Tony's eyes. They were all red and beginning to like swell up. And he had some gushing blood, too. Yeah. Oh, and then there was that weird cut he got on his leg. Yeah, Nate was. Uh, it seemed like he's really improved on checking kicks. Uh, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, "What this motherfucker's checking kicks? Who is this guy?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I saw a little bit of that before, and so it just seems like he improved uh, on it a lot. But yeah, and then the fight gets called when uh, Ferguson shoots in on him for some reason. I can't remember what in what was the inspiration for him. Well, because in the fourth round, Tony shot for a takedown. And Nate immediately put him in a guillotine. Yep. But they kept showing like in the corner cam during the breaks between rounds, Tony's coaches kept telling him to shoot, to shoot on Nate, just shoot. They're like, just shoot on him once, shoot on him once. He's standing straight up. Just Uh shoot on him once when you're close. Yeah. And then Tony finally listened to his fucking corner, immediately got subbed. The fuck? The fuck? You see, I I couldn't hear the corner because we Mm -hmm. had people over and they were just going bananas. But that fucking sucks, man. <laughs> you know, some of the problems has always been that the fighters don't listen to the corner or they do listen. But then when they get out there, they like forget everything they just heard. Uh, it's unfortunate that he actually listened to his corner and his <laughs> wrong advice. I'm pretty sure this was a new corner for him, too. <sighs> that sucks. That sucks. Like, yeah. do these guys not know who Diaz is? I mean, this guy can submit people off his back. Like, why yeah. would... I don't know. I don't. I mean, it it had been a while since we saw Nate do that, but 
He's got it in him. Yeah. Yeah, he does. And then I guess one of the things he was talking about was he he always trains for people to shoot on him. So like when people shoot on him, you know, he goes to that guillotine. And what an interesting guillotine, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't have the hands clasped together. No. He probably had the one hand on the chin holding onto the guillotine, and then he punched his hand into the guy's throat. Yeah, he like like a like he wrenched it up. Like he used the leverage to dig even deeper into the throat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, yeah, it was interesting. Yeah. He had, he had to, because when you have that position, now you have to like, you have to choke with the shoulder because he had the shoulder. I, did he have the shoulder trapped? I can't remember, but I think he did. Yeah. And so, then, so Nate was doing this. He had his left arm right under Tony's chin. Yes. Yeah. And so then he used, he used the one hand that he was that he was holding onto his head with to hold on to him, probably on the chin, and then cranking the arm up like you're talking about. But mm-hmm. then he took his fist to finish it and stuck it in his in his throat. I thought I was just like, oh, of course. Yeah, that makes sense. Of course, because <laughs> you're not going to finish it that way. Right. You can't get the hand in. The guy's not going to let you get that hand in. Yeah. You know? uh, he's probably doing stuff to kind of cover up and he's probably pulling his shoulder in so that you can't slip that fist in so of course of course put the fist right in his neck i was like oh i'm gonna start doing that <laughs> it's pretty nasty man yeah I mean, tony tapped quick yeah to get tony to tap quick it's got to be pretty bad yeah and all i could think about this is the part where i'm like i wonder if i would feel different if tony won but when tony lost i just felt i just felt like oh dude you should call it you should call it call it a, yeah just call it a career and and move on because of all the things that you talked about mental health in the last podcast which I, never saw the light of day the podcast of our yeah remember you never put it out i put it out oh you did put it out yeah I put it out i thought you didn't no i put it out and then they, all the fights were canceled it's out there it's all oh there. my god it's i didn't hard. know you put it out no, i didn't get I the notification it. No, like I put it out. It's because I put like three podcasts out that week. Oh, okay. So you probably missed it in the slew. I put it out. Hold on. Let me double check. God, now you're making me. I could have sworn the Chechen Gourmet wasted two hours of our work. Brief. No, the pre-fight is out there. It's got, it's got a few listens and everything. <laughs> Sorry to like the handful of people that listened. <laughs> it was immediately oh, inaccurate upon dude, listening. That really hurt me, man. Because I was like, I busted my ass to get that sucker out on Friday morning. And then, you know, it was like completely undone by the noon, you know? But yeah, all I could think about was like, damn, poor Tony, you know? But if Tony would have won, would I feel the same? You know, would Tony, would I still think Tony needs to retire? I don't know. Uh, Maybe if he had a different fighter, you know? Maybe if he would have fought the leech, maybe it would have been a more competitive fight. But I felt like Diaz won. A lot of the rounds, if not every round, every round. I had him winning every round, even without that submission. If let's say it had gone to the fifth, I had absolutely no doubt in my mind at that point that Nate was going to win. So just so you know, I had the same no doubt in my head. I put a hundred bucks on that sucker. <laughs> I made an extra one hundred fifty. One hundred. Oh, nice, man. Yes, yes. I sh- I was thinking. I was like, man, I should have put all. Everything I got on it, or should I just you know not not go nuts? I'm like, there's been too much craziness. 
I'm just gonna put a hundred bucks. <laughs> when did you put it on the bet? As soon as I found out, I, I guess it was either later that night or early in the early Saturday. Okay. So like later, later Friday or early Saturday. I, I don't remember when I did. I think, I think when you sent me the latest update that night, cause you and I were texting. Yeah. Day, I think yeah. the last text where you sent me something where it's just like, Oh, it's official. I jumped on DraftKings and <laughs> I made my bets. But then like, I, I, I continued to make bets um, all day Saturday. So like I was messing around Saturday, trying to figure out what bets to make. And if I would have had more time, I would have done a parlay because in my head I already had this, but I would have made a parlay where Diaz, Ka, uh, Hazmat, uh, and uh, Hamzat, and uh, and Irene win the, the parlay. We got to talk about her fight too. It was that was amazing. So I hope we get to that. So next, let's let's keep on moving. Uh, so let's talk about Hamza versus Holland. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that fight, bro. Okay, so. Have we decided that he do the fake glove tap or not? Because there's still people arguing about that online. That's a fake fucking glove tap. He did not <laughs> fucking touch gloves. The guy thought he was going to touch gloves. And here's the other thing. Here's a, a, uh, something I think it's customary. And I, I don't think people realize this. You touch gloves. Mm-hmm. You know, you actually make contact. And then you back up a little bit and then start. Yeah. yeah. You know? That is. And I voiced this before. One of my friends who was over, great dude, detective. <laughs> Shout out to the detective. Uh, he even said, dude, you tell me about this all the time. You don't touch gloves in a fight. And that's, one that's weird. You don't touch gloves in a fight. You just don't fucking do. You guys are not sparring. You guys are not sparring partners. Don't touch gloves. That's shit you do in training. You don't do that shit in a fight. I got to tell you, though, it's like a weird, like a human instinct to do that because unlike you i didn't do any uh mixed martial arts any of those sports growing up but i did play every other sport mm-hmm. and in every sport regardless of how much you hate the opposition you still dap up each other right before yeah. the game starts yeah yeah and i think the few times where people ask me about this they ask me like what plus it's not like people are asking me about this all the time <laughs> every day in the street every day in the street hey what do you think of glove typing you don't do it <laughs> no, i'm just saying like when when the subject comes up I always say you don't touch gloves. Like if anything, you do it before the fight. And I don't know if you noticed, they do. They did touch gloves. I was surprised before the fight, before yeah. anything started, before they went to their corners. Right they after, the, right after the rules, right after the ref gives the rules, they touch gloves. That's it. You don't touch gloves again. You don't need to do yeah. this again, ever again in any round. But they do. But they do. And if you are so inclined. To fucking do that touch gloves nonsense, you come out and you and you wave to the guy and you're like, hey, do you want to touch gloves? You push your put your hand up in the air and, and you wave over to the other guy. And if he says yes, then it's a done deal. There's there's a contract, right? It looked like they both agreed to that contract, to that gentleman's contract of we're gonna mm-hmm. touch gloves, then we're gonna bang, right? No, this guy comes up, he's holding his hand way up too. Holland is holding his hand way up. Yeah. Hamzat fakes like he almost touches his hand, he, yes. but he fakes and then takes his ass down. Yes. That's fucking dirty, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> that is fucking dirty. I was about to say, are, are you about to defend Hamzat on this? Because that's where I thought you were going. No, that is fucking dirty. That is dirty. 
I don't like the idea they, of touching gloves. Yeah. But if you agree to it, it's your fucking, it's your honor on the line. You should fucking hold up to it and touch gloves. Or if you don't want to touch gloves, you make it a point. They're like, we're not touching gloves, dude. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like, you make that decision. Outright. Anyway, so, yeah, he takes them down. And then there's, like, two minutes of the most amazing, scariest fucking wrestling I've ever seen. That was absurd, man. That it, was stunning. It was fucking stunning. And then, like, half the guys in the room that were with me, they were all, like, they have some experience in fighting, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, we have some jujitsu guys. We have we have some boxing guys. We have, you know, we, we have one guy who, who did some MMA stuff. So plenty of people in the room who know what is happening. And while we were sitting there, we were all fucking stunned, dude. Yeah. It I was, was speechless when I was watching that. I was. I was, too. I was like, oh, my God, what the fuck did I just see? This dude manhandled Holland. Yeah. <laughs> you know what it reminded me of? It's like when you're watching a nature documentary and like a fucking tiger gets a hold of some stupid animal that couldn't get away or whatever. And they're just like rolling around or whatever. But at all times, the tiger's under control. Yeah. It was absurd. The fluidity. Yeah. Of Hamzat's wrestling. It was amazing. It was really, really amazing. I wanted to watch it again just to kind of break it down. But I remember one of the things he did really sweetly was he he did like the side shot, right? So he shot on him, but he turned to the side, drove into him. And then Holland was able to like stuff it a little bit and mm-hmm. stay on his feet. And then dude switched sides and just kept attacking the amount, like the ingenious chain wrestling that he was doing was just fucking phenomenal. And I it was just, explosive. It was, ex- that's right. It was explosive. Mm-hmm. It was so, I was just so impressed. I was impressed. And it's tainted by, I think, the unsportsmanlike conduct. You know, if he didn't do that and did the same thing, you have no choice but to give the man props. But because he did that sneaky, dirty thing, Holland was on uneven ground at that point. You know what I'm saying? He was fighting from behind. He was trying to catch up the whole time because Hamza put a pace on him that no one could, can fucking keep up. And that's because he got a sneaky lead on him. To Holland's credit, he did hold up well. I was actually impressed with the way Holland was dealing with what Hamzat was doing. Yeah. I think most fighters part of it would have fared worse, really, than Holland did, even though he lost and, you know, it was over quick. He mm-hmm. still did really well, in my opinion. He defended quite a bit, and but it was just uh, too much. He was overwhelmed by... Mm-hmm. Uh, wrestling it was just amazing and then finally he finished with uh doris yeah and i was like wow and it was so i mean it was sweet but it started dirty for the fourth time in hamzat's career he won that fight without receiving a single strike yeah. ufc record uh man it sucks because as listeners would know we were pretty early on the Hamzat bandwagon. Well, remember, you, you showed me you showed me some videos. I'm like, I gotta know more about this cat. This cat's amazing. Yeah. So yeah. like, you're the one who, tur- who turned everybody on, at least through me and anybody who's listening to Hamzat. Yeah, man. All it takes is you gotta be exposed to that guy once. And you're like, who the fuck is that guy? Oh. But yeah. then he does stupid shit. 
The entire week leading up to the fight, it was just one stupid thing after the other. And now he's gone full villain. Yep. Several times he flipped off the crowd, flipped off the crowd at the weigh-in, talked shit to them, talked shit to them at the press conference. They ended up having a press conference later on Friday, Hmm. talked shit to the crowd some more, talked shit to the crowd after the fight. (laughs) Fucking guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's uh he's gone super villain. Yeah. Every sport needs one, so yeah. He's scary as fuck, man. But like uh I think one commentary that has been made on the man is is that he hasn't fought anybody in the top five. No. Would he fare how would he fare against someone in the top five? Well he did. I mean Gilbert Burns was in the top five. Okay. So then he took him the distance. Mm -hmm. But I mean Gilbert had him hurt. Yeah. So We've had this discussion before. Mm-hmm. Hamzat may, uh, may not fare well against jujitsu guys. And jujitsu guys. Yeah. So maybe, maybe he would have lost. I keep thinking maybe he would have lost against Diaz. That bet would have been amazing because I had Diaz at plus 750 or plus 700 was my original bet. Oh, I think I put $295 down. I yes. was going to make over two grand. And then you were going to put in a separate $5 parlay. Taking all the long shots and your personal favorites. Mm -hmm. And that would have been what, like five grand or something? Another two and a half grand. Yeah. Yeah. So in total, you were going to win about five to six grand. Yeah. Cool. Correct me if I'm wrong. I am pretty sure you're that long shot parlay you had going was still alive heading into the last two fights, by the way. Uh, Like the people you had picked had been winning. (laughs) Well, I'm pretty sure of it. Um, Macy, so oh, um, that's right. You took Macy instead of you had Irene, to, right? Yeah, Irene. Irene was the favorite to win. Yeah, that's true. Even though you didn't want to take Macy, I didn't want to take Macy, and I told you, I told you, I was like, ah, I don't think this is gonna work because I think Irene is gonna win. But whatever. Yeah, you know? that's true. I forgot. Yeah, and Holland, I think I had Holland winning because he was an underdog, but I mean, of course, he went against Hamzat. Yeah. Yeah, so like funny thing about that particular parlay, I had the option to cash in on the parlay mm-hmm. and not let the bet happen. It was a $5 bet. I would have got like 450 of it back. Mm-hmm. Because at that time, like three of the fights were out, right? Yeah. So they voided those three pieces in the parlay and left the bottom two. And I didn't really understand what they did until after until after the night. Then I realized, "Oh, they took out the other three fights out of the parlay, <laughs> kept the other two on the bottom that started the night. And yeah. so the parlay still went through. But anyway, let's keep moving. So yeah. after that, we had the leech versus Daniel Rodriguez. Daniel Rodriguez. Man, dude. D-Rod. That dude was gigantic. It's a big dude, man. That is a big dude, man. The leech. I thought he won that fucking fight. I did, too. I, I did, too. I, I know it was kind of close, but I still thought he won that fight. I think they stole that fight. They stole that guy's. They they stole everything from that poor man. They took it. Makes fight. no sense. Yeah, he they screwed him on the fight. Then they screwed him in his suit. Screwed him in his suit. That's what I was gonna yes. say. <laughs> screwed him in the suit. Screwed him on the fights. He Gave cooked him. for the camera crew. <laughs> still doesn't get any love. This poor man. Bro. They give this guy an extra twenty grand. Come on. It's he saved the fucking card. Yeah. And another 20 grand for the man. You know, that's yeah. nothing to you. You know, that's toilet paper for you. Give the man a roll of your money, man. Come on. And Dana White came out afterwards. He said he thought that the leech won the fight, too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was certain he won those first two rounds. 
I gave the last round to Daniel Rodriguez, mm. but I think the leech has started to coast because I think in his mind he thought he won, yeah. which you know is a mistake on his part. But yeah, that that'll come with experience. You'll you'll know not to coast. Also, the other thing too is is like you got to have your cornerman keeping you on track, right? So mm-hmm. you always got to start. You always got to keep winning. I don't know, man. Also, like, did you notice something weird with uh, Rodriguez's jaw? Like he was. Yeah. Did he break it? Do you think? I don't know, but I thought so too. It looked like a little swollen and off to the side, right? Is that what yeah. you're talking about? Yeah. I don't know if that's maybe just how he clenches his jaw. Maybe it's a previous injury and it just kind of healed weird. I'm not sure. Yeah. Because I hadn't, I had not seen Rodriguez fight in a long time. He had taken over a year off. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what was up with that. Yeah. But the leech was, he was landing. I mean, he was landing his shots. They were crisp. He was, yeah. he was looking good. He's like, looking fast. I think that was the best option against a bigger guy, right? You may yeah. not have the power to outpower Rodriguez, but you got the speed, right? I don't know. Rodriguez looked a lot heavier than 178 or what he was supposed to be weighing. Uh, yeah, that, I mean, speaking as a chubby Mexican, that chubby Mexican looked chubbier than he should have been. Um, yeah. Whatever, you know, poor, poor leech. Hopefully he gets a, a chance to, to wear that suit. I'm assuming he won't suffer at all in his ranking. You know, it was a catch weight last second. It would be a shame if they deducted him in his ranking because of that. I hope not, but I don't see him ranked currently on the website now. Rodriguez is ranked number 11. I don't see a rank. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. So we'll keep it moving. Uh, Irene Aldana versus Macy Chiazen. One of the best knockouts or TKOs I've seen in a long time. It was very interesting. Very confusing. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought he didn't win that first round and I gave the second round to Macy. Same. Agreed. Yeah. So in fact, they were talking about DC and uh, the crew we're talking about. It might've been a 10, eight for Macy. I didn't have it as a 10, eight, but they were talking about it thinking it could have been. I don't know if it was a 10, eight either. I think I I, would have gave a 10, nine. She come out and she did put a little more pressure on her. And she was, I think she did squeak out that round. Irene, man, she's a technical fighter. She's real good. She's really and good. It was cool to see her uh, win that fight. So one of the interesting things is she ends up on the ground and yeah. she's up kicking, right? Yes. Manages to land a heel up kick on Macy's liver. liver. Yeah. Never. I've never seen that before. Those are nasty. Oh, I mean. Uh, getting hit in the liver is yeah you don't want to get hit there it will fucking crumble you but you know that from boxing man (laughs) (laughs) dude so like the funny thing is there's women in the room where we're at and everybody thought that she got hit in the vagina you know yeah i i thought either she got kicked in the vag (laughs) (laughs) i think that's the technical term Uh, or she like tore her ACL or something. Cause she fell and she was holding her knee, which was kind of weird. I thought she was holding her stomach. Yeah. She had one hand across her stomach. And then mm. the other one was like under her knee. She was like kind of holding the back of her knee. Mm. So I thought, Oh, maybe her knee blew out. I don't know. So um, just funny thing about injuries. And I know you know about this, but like sometimes when you get injured so bad and it hurts so bad, you just want to hold something. Yeah. You don't yeah. realize what you're holding. And, and so one time, I, I twisted my knee and it hurt so bad. And I was sitting there and I was holding my knee. And then uh, my, the coach comes over and he's like, what happened? And I'm like, I'm hurt. oh, I hurt my knee. And he's like, okay, so can you move it? And I'm like, it's not this one. It's the other one. And he's like, why are you holding the left one? 
<laughs> so bad i don't want to touch it but i need to hold something yeah yeah so i think it, it was that exact thing like me it just hurt so bad she needed to hold on to something and the back of her leg was the only thing that gave her comfort at that moment so like in your experience have you ever taken a really bad liver shot yes you will drop all right can you yeah explain it because everyone says your body your body shuts down so well sometimes it feels like the wind is knocked out of you but uh, mostly the pain is so amazingly horrible that you, you just can't move anymore. So like, I, I, I think that's what they describe in terms of like, uh, your body shut down, shutting down for me in my experience. And I've been hit there quite a few times and it sucks. There is nothing you want to do other than hold, try to get your air back and try to like, not get yourself murdered. Because essentially you're still like, especially when it comes in the combat, mm-hmm. you get knocked there. You can't move. You, it hurts so bad. And uh, you don't want to get hit anymore. You crumble down. You just go to the ground kind of like in your head, taking a knee. But only because you have no other way to defend yourself at this point. Although there is, I'm sure you've seen this. There's an amazing UFC fight out there where somebody gets hit in the liver and manages to throw a haymaker and knock the other guy out. Um, that is amazing only because most people <laughs> crumble under that. Yeah. You take a liver shot and then still crack somebody. She got hit like somewhere close to the floating rib area. So maybe it was a floating rib um, that got broken or maybe it was the liver shot or both. Regardless, she must have been in a world of fucking pain. Yeah, she went crumpled to the floor like just completely collapsed yeah it was a shame that like uh no one knew at the moment that's what had happened Mm -hmm. and everyone thought it was an injury like an injury stoppage or something or a low blow yeah so macy had kind of like that or i mean uh irene had like a delayed you know celebration which kind of sucks yeah is it it doesn't have like that like a signature call you know from the crew like oh or something yeah everybody's like huh yeah, what? <laughs> like feeling bad that Macy's injured or something? Yeah, everybody's like, did she? Well, I mean, the the, the thing that happened in our room in, in, at the house was, did she get kicked in the vagina? I'm like, fuck, I don't know. I didn't look like it. She got kicked in the vagina unless her vagina's on the hip. <laughs> but I'm going bad with like anatomy, but like, I don't think the vagina's located there. But like, I didn't know. I mean, because she was just throwing her legs too, right? From my understanding, Irene trains that. She trained. I know she said that, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. I'm like, wow, you train that. So like, uh, I'm sure people are already training this shit. This is like, okay, I got to train the liver shot from the, from the up kick. Dude, because everyone, when you're doing the up kicks, everyone's, you know, head hunting, you're, yeah. you're aiming for the guy's head or the, the girl's head, the other fighter's head, I should say. Mm. And they're, they're ducking. They're, they're looking for you to aim for their head. So they're leaving their body exposed. It's kind of, you know, kind of wild that it took you in it to be the one to find that. I think that was ingenious. That's so fucking smart. And then the way people lead in too, like, especially for uh, Macy, who was standing right foot first, trying to kind of like spear away into maybe possibly catching some kind of top position. She left herself wide open for it. And yeah. now that position, I mean, I've always seen, trying to do that, trying to fight your way in from, you know, trying to avoid up kicks as a super dangerous thing. 
But now it's like even more dangerous to me because now people are not just going to be going for the head. They're going to be going for other things. Lord knows what, maybe legs, maybe, I don't know, more livers, ribs. Like now everything's a target, right? This Vagina. Vaginas, <laughs> you know, uh, testicles. Yes. All the things. Nothing's safe now. <laughs> <laughs> it was a groundbreaking kick for me. Yes. In it. Yeah. Nothing will ever be the same again. No, nothing from below your belt. Nothing below your chest is going to be safe anymore in MMA. This, everything's in fucking danger now. Which will now leave the person's head exposed because they're going to be trying covering up the body. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So, it's, yeah, it opens up all kinds of doors. Awesome fight for me, Dennis. So now moving on, Johnny Walker versus Ian Kuteleva. Yeah. Uh, what did you think about that fight? I was excited for that fight because Ian Kuteleva, like I, we, we talked about in the previous one, he's a powerful guy, really strong, puts a lot of power in his strikes. Johnny Walker, you know, has been like a, this prospect for the UFC that we all thought was going to be a huge superstar. He's like 6'6", you know, he looks like a fighter. He's mm-hmm. got an enter- entertaining fighting style, all that. has never been able to put it together. So, you know, you're at least hoping, okay, this will at least be an entertaining fight. Maybe we'll see the Johnny Walker that we've been waiting for. Yeah. Uh, and, I, you know, I'd say the fight was pretty good, right? Uh, I thought it was fun. Yeah. I think what was more fun. The aftermath. <laughs> the aftermath. They kicked this poor man out of the fucking, out of the stadium. Still, well, we should say Johnny Walker won the fight. Yeah, Johnny Walker won the fight. I'm sorry. That, that was that's very important. <laughs> yeah. What was uh sub? Did he sub submit him? Now I don't remember for some reason. He won. He he actually got a performance of the night bonus, too. He did. It was, it was a submission win. Yeah. Okay, I thought so. Yeah, I don't even remember how he won now that I think. <laughs> yeah, no, all we can remember is the scene of him standing in the Vegas strip in his shorts, dude. Shoeless. So- <laughs> This poor fucking man gets ex- 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 escorted out of the fucking stadium right after winning. So, dude, standing outside and he's, he got, he got, oh, poor man. Oh, this shit fucking makes me angry. But yeah, like he didn't even have his shoes on. No, he still had his gloves on. He still had his gloves on. No shirt, just his white shorts, no shoes, still wearing his gloves and holding like a juice box. <laughs> I, I don't know what the fuck happened, but I guess it wasn't just him neither. I think there was a couple other people who got kicked out like that. Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. So but it was just like, what the fuck happened? This man just won his fucking fight and you're going to kick him out. So weird. <laughs> what a fucked up night of events, man. Yeah. He said he went to the back. He was in the locker room getting ready to change. Uh-huh. The other fight had started. So he was going to sit down and watch the fight a little bit. And then security came and they kicked him out. What? Hey, man, his coaches. They all got kicked out. That makes no sense. No. <laughs> what a weird card, man. What a, yeah. What? A, <laughs> well, I mean, I'm $100 richer. Um, you know, thankfully. Uh, it paid. Dude, think about it. Every single fight on the card had something weird. Johnny Walker kicked out into the street wearing just shorts and gloves. <laughs> he didn't it with the groundbreaking <laughs> up kick. Up heel kick to the liver, never the before liver. seen. Yeah. Game changing. <laughs> the leech screwed, screwed in his suit, fed the crew, saved the card, screwed by the judges. Yeah, screwed. <laughs> of yeah, of course. 
That, more, yeah. that man got the shortest end of the stick. And then the the fight after that, the slimy Chechen gourmet <laughs> bakes the glove tap and then strings together some of the most beautiful chain wrestling you'll see in the UFC. Finishes that fight in under two minutes. Yeah. And then finally, we got Nate and Tony and all the wildness that comes when Nate and Tony are fighting each other. So, yeah, it was what a night. It was an entertaining week. What a night. What a what a great night of fights. Uh, it made a mess of my fucking bets, but I'm I'm happy regardless. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, dude. I, I mean, I, I was worried. I'm, I'm like, I'm going to this guy's going to get sick of me. I'm just I keep talking about these fights. Did you see what happened now? Like, look, at, <laughs> oh, uh, dude. You should have seen me that that Friday, the day of the weigh-ins. I was at like my command center, you know, I had like on my laptop, I was checking out the tweets and stuff. And then Ariel Hawani, uh, the great Ariel Hawani, I should say, I'm a fan of that guy. He has like a live show he does during the weigh-ins. Oh yeah. You should check it out. It's on Spotify. Literally live, uncensored, unfiltered, just Ariel Hawani and his friends reporting from the weigh-in. And he started like, the information was slowly trickling and he was like the first person reporting all this. It's like, I, I should have been doing work instead. I'm listening to that. I'm checking Twitter, you know, I'm checking whatever on the Reddit. And then I'm also updating you with everything I'm hearing. Like <laughs> and I'm freaking I'm, wild. I'm eating it all up too, man. I'm on this side. I was like, what, what? And then like, the funny thing is, is it didn't stop there. Like the next morning after the fights, Sunday morning, you and I were going back and forth. And then I started watching fights like all morning. I was like, watching. oh, yeah, yeah. You rewatched Gilbert Burns and Hamza. Yeah. I was like, oh, shit, look at this. Oh, my goodness. Maybe he is afraid of jujitsu. I don't know. I was just like sitting there buttering, <laughs> yeah. like a crazy person. But yeah, like I did two hours of research and I can definitively say Nate Diaz would have won. You think so? <laughs> no, that's you. That I'm oh. quoting you. <laughs> yes. No, absolutely. I have. I know that I know I know all these facts. I've only known them for two minutes, and I say decisively that Diaz would have won this fight because Hamzat is afraid of jujitsu. What a great night of fights, man! Uh, thank you so much for doing this podcast with me because I wanted to hear every word that you were going to say about this because I I had a you know you were texting all this time. I, I had a sense of what you were going to say in that. <laughs> yeah, it was a pleasure. Uh, like we were saying pre-show, the next pay per view is fucking stacked. So tune in. We'll do a pod for that one. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, man. On that note, let's call it quits for now. Yeah. So, let's do uh, it. Yeah. Oh, did you set up the Primo hot button yet or whatever? Oh, I got, I got to do that, right? Yeah. So like, yeah, I got to figure that out. Okay. But anyway, <laughs> so thank you so much for listening. This is Ego Traves and my co-host Lechuga. We will catch you next time. Peace. The music you're listening to is titled Beast Mode by NBHD Nick. And you can find that over at Epidemic Sound. Now, Epidemic Sound is a service that provides royalty-free music for all your content needs. And if you're a content creator like myself, you definitely are always on the lookout for something new and different to help boost your content. And Epidemic Sound meets all your musical needs. They have reggaeton, hip-hop, dance music, etc. So if you decide that you want to head on over to Epidemic Sound and give them a try, make sure you use my referral link in the description so that they know that I sent you. Man, Diaz walks off into the sunset like a badass. Congratulations, Diaz. What a wonderful career in the UFC you had. And I can't wait to hear more from you. Uh, Good luck to you, man. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. 
And if you like this kind of content, make sure you head on over to our website, thefloralpodcast.com. There you'll find a complete catalog of all our episodes and a store where you can purchase some merchandise to support the podcast. Also, if you want to follow me, Edgar Otraves, on Instagram, you can follow me under the name Edgar Otraves, or you can follow the show on Instagram under the name The Flow Roll. We're always open to suggestions, and as you heard, Lechuga is looking for a catchphrase. So if you have something you want us to review, or if you have a catchphrase for Lechuga, send that over to thefloralpodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you like this podcast, do us a solid. Make sure you like, subscribe, comment, and share wherever you get your podcasts at. And press all the buttons that make the podcast gods happy. Thank you so much for listening. This is Edgar Otra Vez. We will catch you next time. Behave yourselves.